podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday, episode 439. Uh, Coach Steger today is going to interview Coach Price, Eric Price, and talk about his book. Um, It's going to be a great one. Um, But before we get into that, um, episode 439, we would like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, Um, the number one, in my opinion, the most, I I mean, I was at the uh, National Association of Basketball Coaches and I saw all sorts of shooting machines, but I can tell you, Dr. Dish was the most innovative. what they what they're able to do is is second to none. So go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you three hundred dollars off your next purchase. Also, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Not only is there videos and practice plans and resources and a community of like-minded coaches that help each other all the time in office hours and one-on-one calls, it is a community. You know, I have been there. I've experienced everything that you've experienced to coach at the youth level, one at every level that I've coached at, won numerous state titles, been nationally ranked um, at the high school level. I know what you're going through. It doesn't matter which level you're at. I'm here to help. So make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com, the Netflix, quote unquote, for basketball coaches. But, but you get my email. That's even better. All right, go over and check it out. Let's head off to the podcast. Hi, welcome to Coach Unplugged. This is Coach Steger. I have the opportunity today to interview Coach Matt Lewis, head basketball coach of University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh, uh, this year. Uh, Oshkosh won the Division III NCAA uh, National Tournament, first time in school history. Uh, which was 121 years of drought, which is awesome uh, for Coach Lewis and his boys this year in the state of Wisconsin to represent Division Three basketball. And also Coach Lewis was named uh, Glenn Robinson Award this year, which is presented annually to the Tots men's basketball coach in Division Three. Uh, coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. It's, uh, it's been a fun month, that's for sure. So Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, great. So, Coach Lewis, could you give us a brief overview of kind of your basketball journey, and then we'll kind of connect to what you're doing right now. But I think it's really important that people understand the journey that you've gone uh, where you are now. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I, I was a Division three player um, at Cornell College in Iowa, a uh, small school, and um, I was a, an average player uh, at best, but I realized that, that I wanted to be a college coach, um, you know, while I was going through that. And so during uh, my, my playing days, I was trying to position myself, um, you know, possible opportunities after graduated college. And uh, one of those ways is I worked a lot of camps in the summer. Um, I had a, you know, a couple people give me the good advice of just going out and working uh, college camps, working uh, camps for professional teams and different things, just to try and make as many connections as possible. Um, so I did that in the summer, uh, my, my last two years of college and, um, what that led to was I uh, had an opportunity to go down and kind of do a coaching internship slash um, volunteer at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I was doing that for about three weeks, a um, couple weeks, and, and the coaching staff got a new position. Um, and so I was, you know, nervous about what was, what was going to happen to my coaching internship. You know, I'd driven across the country, and what was I going to do? Um, and the staff said, well, come with us. And so I loaded up my, my suitcase in my car and I drove to New Orleans with them. Um, and then I started, you know, kind of volunteering for them there. Um, after a few months of doing that, I still didn't have a paid position. 
um, and no way to kind of survive down there. And so I took a paid position at Rhodes College, a Division three school in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I moved to Memphis. Uh, I signed a lease on an apartment. Um, and after about two and a half months there, uh, Tulane called back in New Orleans and offered me a full-time spot. Um, so I, I picked up and I left. I went back to New Orleans. Um, I spent two years um, as the director of operations uh, at Tulane University. Um, and then after two years of that, I, I kind of realized that I wanted to be a Division three coach um, and get back to the level that I knew and I loved. And so I left um, in, in search of one, and that led me back to Wisconsin. Um, and ultimately, I, I ended up with a job at Oshkosh. Um, I've been here the last seven years. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, you started out as an assistant, and then you became the head coach this year as the interim head coach, and then obviously won a national championship. But I think it's important to acknowledge that Oshkosh was not always that great, you know, in, in regards to, and I, I like to read about uh, the program and so forth, and what you've done with the, the previous head coach and so forth. Like, how are you able, guys, to change uh, uh, the Oshkosh program into a national, uh, national uh, championship? Because it seems like your first two years, you guys were like 19 and 32. It wasn't, it wasn't really like – it wasn't all roses to begin with. And people look at you guys – you know, people look at and don't understand how much hard work it takes to transform a program. And it wasn't just like you were the guy that changed everything. Obviously, there's a no. lot of other things that put into consideration uh, and the transformation of Oshkosh basketball and what you've done. I think high school coaches and, and college coaches um, can learn from kind of how you were able to transform a program that's never won a national championship before and actually wasn't that really good in the WEAC, which is the Wisconsin uh, conference that we have for Division Three here. Not very good in the last uh, so often years. So could you kind of uh, elaborate on and touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, we got hired in July 2012, and I say we, um, Pat Yuckum got hired as the uh, the head coach in July 2012, and then he called me and, and hired me about a week later. Um, and from the beginning, we knew that, that Oshkosh was a place we could win at. Um, they hadn't won in, in a handful of years. They had, um, they'd made, you know, five national tournaments under the previous head coach and had some really good teams and good players, but they hadn't cracked through and what we thought Oshkosh could be. Um, and so we had a vision and, and what we wanted to strive for, for the program uh, to achieve. Um, and, and for us, it all just started with we needed to find the right guys. And obviously, fortunately, at our level, we get to go out and recruit our own players. You know, unlike at the high school level, you just have to coach the ones that are in your, in your district. Yep. Um, we can go out and try and seek the, the right guys. And for us, the right guys were – Obviously, the talent piece, you know, you need guys that can play at a high level. Um, but we needed high-character young men uh, that, that really loved the game of basketball, that were serious students, um, and guys that we thought could just get a lot better throughout college. Um, and so, you know, those first couple of years, we weren't very good still. You know, 12, 13, and, and 13, 14, we weren't great. And even, you know, 14, 15, we, we won a few more games that year. But you know, we hadn't really broken through and done anything in three years. But what, what we did over those three years is we were fortunate to start getting the right guys. And we had some, some tremendous guys in our program uh, that first few years. And that really allowed us to continue uh, kind of, um, you know, building upon what we were doing. And we were fortunate to start adding some really talented players, you know, after that. And, and those talented guys, you know, in, in 15, 16, 16, 17 um, got us to the national tournament. We lost in the first round of, of both those years, um, but but we just kept building it what we thought was the right way. And 
I think that kind of came out this last two years, you know, just the, the character of our guys and how much hard work they had put into it um, resulted in some, some two special seasons uh, the past two years here. Yeah, I think you touch on a great thing about character and high character and those those intangible skills that are so important uh, within with basketball players. Um, uh, as me as a previous uh, assistant at UW Washington County, and we won our first state championship two years ago, and now I'm an assistant at Cedarbrook High School. Um, just. The, the importance of when we recruited kids, even at the junior college level, the, the character factor and how much easier it becomes um, for coaches and so forth. But even at the high school level, I mean, you have a choice or you have a way in, in regards to ex- expecting character and what you do. Can you kind of touch on that a little bit? And, you know, it's one thing to recruit these guys with high character, but also it's important to lay a foundation and expectation of what what's expected at your program. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, this is Titan basketball and this is not Titan basketball. And we, you know, can kind of lay that down in, in all areas of, of their college life. Um, you know, the, the day-to-day basketball decisions, the way they, they handle themselves in the weight room and in the, on the court and in practice and all those settings. But, you know, what are they doing in the classroom? Are they, are they sitting in the first two rows? Are they engaging, um, participating? Or, or are you just trying to skate by? Um, and so we talk about, all right, if you're, if you're doing this, uh, you, this is Titan basketball. If you're not doing this, it's not Titan basketball, and we got to hold you accountable. Um, and it you know, goes across, again, all different uh, facets of their, of their college life. It's not just a basketball thing. And we talk a lot about is um, if, if their house is in order, you know, if, the, if they're doing well in the classroom um, or they're achieving at the level they're capable of in the classroom, um, they're making good decisions on the weekend and um, in the dorms and that sort of thing. Um, and they're just generally living a, a fairly balanced, healthy life. We're going to have more success on the court. Um, if, if we've got guys that have a ton of issues and are, and are struggling in a lot of ways um, and just aren't making great decisions a lot of times, it's more difficult to win basketball games. Um, so we, we need those high-character kids that, that are going to live up to Titan basketball. For sure. Um, and, and I had the luxury of watching you guys play this year, just one game on, I just went on YouTube and I'll put this on the show notes, but able to watch you guys play. And, um, and I think the one thing that uh, for high school coaches, and maybe you can touch on this and I'll talk about some of the things I saw, but the first thing is I think it's really important that high school coaches go and watch what some of these division three basketball games play. Cause I feel like you just, they, it's almost like a, it's just a higher level of high school basketball because you really still got to play as a team and you don't have the ultimate superior athletes and it takes a lot of it takes a lot of coaching and it takes a lot of unity to be really good but it's really if you're a basketball fan division three basketball is really fun to watch and I think it's very um I would say adaptive or or you could be able to relate a lot of what you do at the high school level at the varsity level that you could take some things from the division three level more than say watching division one uh reading about John Calipari or coach K I think you can learn a lot from division three yeah, I would agree with that. Um, we, we do, you know, we're fortunate in the, in the WEAC. Um, we've got some, some guys that are, you know, maybe a little more athletic than, than what you're dealing with at, at all high schools. Um, but they don't necessarily come in that way either. You know, I think one thing that's, that's always intriguing um, or, or fun for coaches that, that come and watch um, is you've got guys that maybe they're familiar with that 
Oh yeah, I remember. You know, I remember this kid from when he was a senior in high school. Yeah. And now they see him when he's 22, 23 years old, and they're like, "Holy cow! Like that's not the same kid." Um, so it's something fun about Division Three is, you know, guys are truly investing four or five years into themselves into a program, and you're getting to see, you know, that more finished product later in their career. Um, and there are there, you know, I've I've gone to a lot of coaching clinics and. And listen to a lot of different, you know, high-level basketball, and I watch a ton of NBA, and, and there's no doubt there there are a lot of concepts that we steal and, and are really, really good, much better than stuff that we can come up with. Right. But sometimes it is hard to it's hard to translate those concepts to, um, you know, just not as an athletic of a kid. You know, you, you right. know, they talk a lot about being in, in specific spots and and passing in a specific way because there are guys that can catch it here and there. And like, we just, you don't always have those guys at the high school level or the, the division three level. Um, you have to, you have to try and think through what your guys can do. Um, now, again, we were, it's one of the reasons we won this year is we had some guys that, that probably shouldn't have been at our level. Um, and so we were able to maybe do some things that, um, that we maybe can't do every year in division three. Um, but, I do. It's an enjoyable level. I mean, there's a reason that I, I left Division One and, and came back to D3. I, I think there's something that uh, can bring a lot of joy to coaches uh, at this level. That's, that's, that's a great insight because, you know, a lot of people on our podcast are always pursuing different things. And I think coaching is all about the right fit and so forth. Um, when watching you play, um, and I was just talking to another, another coach, uh, a previous po- a podcast about the, the Dick Bennett theory of you, you really got to be good at three things and so forth. And the three things that I saw, and you can, you can elaborate or adjust the things that I saw, three things that I thought you guys did really well. And maybe you can touch on those is I, I thought you guys did a really good job of getting the ball in the paint, um, using the ball screen, especially in the top of the key in transition, and then your three-point shooting, which was at almost a 38% uh, shooting the basketball this year in, in, in total. So how do you master those things in practice, or how do you get those things to happen in, in game-like situations? Yeah, that's, obviously, um, the, the more skilled uh, offensive players that you have, the, the easier it is just to be good offensively. Like, if, if you got guys that can put the ball in the hole, um, it doesn't matter what you run offensively. Right. You, you just you, you got to get skilled guys. And again, fortunately, we can recruit those guys, um, or at least uh, attempt to address it in the recruiting process. And then when they step on campus, we try and hone the skills and get better at them. Um, in terms of shooting the basketball, um, one thing we think is, and we believe strongly, is guys just have to get themselves stronger. Um, you know, there, there's the, the eternal debate over how much time do you spend in the weight room. And, you know, a lot of people now are, okay, you need to invest a lot of time in it, but you still get some kids that fight you on it. Um, and what we keep telling guys is the stronger you get, the more athletic you get, the better you're going to shoot the basketball. Um, if your body wears down over the course of a season, um, and now your legs aren't quite as strong or your upper body's tiring out, um, or, you're, or you're just your, your overall health isn't as good, you're not going to shoot the ball as well come, you know, February, March. So the weight room's huge for us just because we do think that, you know, it helps guys shoot at a higher level. Um, throwing the ball in the in the post and, and driving the ball into the lane, you know, that just that, – that leads to a lot of the, the type of shots that we want. Um, we want a lot of open in-rhythm threes, and we, we want a lot of stuff that's six to eight feet and in. Um, and so we, we were fortunate to have a really good big kid this year that we threw the ball to a lot. 
Um, and our guys were very unselfish and, and, you know, they just kept feeding him. Um, and, and if you watched our national championship game or if you have a chance to, uh, his name's Jack Flynn. He's an Appleton West guy. Um, so he's a local guy for us. And, and he played an unbelievable game in the national championship, had 33 points. And our, our guards just kept throwing in the basketball. You know, so they were incredibly unselfish. Um, but we try and get the ball in the lane, you know, through the post, through attacking and closeout, um, through cutting. Um, you know, we got a variety of guys that are strong and athletic for their positions, and they just cut hard into the lane. Um, so we emphasize that and just kind of the motion that we play. Um, and then, you know, we, we do some other things that I think, you know, probably supersede those is, you know, our guys just really bought in on the defensive end. Yeah, um, I, was that was one thing, too, that I had down as well is defensively it was very impressive, but you can keep going on that. Yeah. If you looked at our numbers, like we, we scored several games in the, in the national tournament. We played in the hundreds and gave up 80-something. And um, But if you looked at our points per possession, um, we, were, we were fairly uh, efficient when it came to that. We just we were playing. Uh, hey, Coach, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. I would ask pretty, 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 please go and leave a review. We really do appreciate those. I, could, I guess I could go pretty, 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 please go join teachhoops.com become a better basketball coach resources. Um, like I've said in previous ones, you know, you, you go spend, uh, you know, half 500 bucks on a, on a clinic or you go buy a video or do something like that. You could go spend just twenty nine ninety nine and have <laughs> thousands of videos and thousands of things on there um, to make you a better basketball coach. So go over and check it out. Um, two other things. If you want to check us, our YouTube channel, teach hoops, just type that in two separate words uh, one of my, oh, in our Amazon link down below, click on that. Anytime you purchase, if you bookmark it, you won't even notice it's there, but, uh, we get a small little commission and it does help us pay for the hosting fees and stuff. All right, let's head back to the podcast. A higher paced game. Yeah. Um, we, we like to play with pace and throw the ball off the floor and attack. And we thought we had some talented guys on the offensive end. So we played with pace, but then they bought in at the other end and they realized that the more stops we got, the easier it was to score. Um, if you're constantly having to inbound the basketball, you know, take it out of the net and, and inbound it, you're playing against a set defense, and that's that's difficult to do um, against any good team. Um, right. So I thought our guys did a great job defensively buying in. Right, for sure. And that's funny because that leads to my next question because I did look at your numbers. And this, this to me, and you talked about stopping possessions and getting more possessions by making stops. Your rebound numbers are very impressive this year, you know, 40 a game. Uh, suggestions to other coaches to get numbers like this. Obviously, the whole idea is if we stop them, we get more possessions to score, uh, and it's a numbers game and a math game. But is there is there any other suggestions? Because sometimes rebounding is really hard for coaches to get kids to buy in. Yeah, I think it's something that you, you truly just have to focus on every single day. Um, you know, we'll do we don't do full on like three on three numbers rebounding or war rebounding or, or anything like that. Um, just because we don't want to put our guys in, you know, compromising positions in practice when we don't need to. Right. Um, we'll we'll do some, you know, some two on zero where we're just kind of, you know, we've got pads and we're just, you know, telling guys, you know, at the beginning of practice they got to hit the pad and then we we you know hit uh, rebound the basketball and we outlet and we run, just to to emphasize that piece. Mm -hmm. um, but what we really lock in on is every time we go live, if there's a drill that's live then we have to be on them about finishing place. Um, and, and sometimes as coaches, it's, it's the thing that goes out the window, right? You're so focused on what we're doing. 
offensively or you're focused on, you know, certain concepts defensively. And when the shot goes up, everybody in the gym just kind of is like, okay, somebody will grab the ball and we'll get it back to the top and we'll go to the next rep. But maybe the most important thing is how are we going and finishing the play? Right. Um, if, you, if you've got a really bad defensive possession, but one kid makes an effort play to contest a shot, force a miss, and then you have all five guys go and gang rebound, well, that can still be a really good defensive possession. Absolutely. Um, so I think, yeah, you got to emphasize it like crazy. And, and the same thing on the offensive glass. You know, if, if you're not constantly, uh, you know, coaching guys to go hard to the glass and then really being positive with them when they go, um, even if they don't get the offensive board, like if they just go and really compete, then you gotta you gotta build them up and tell them yes that that's what we need right there that's the effort um, because it is it's easier just to to stop and and reset the next possession in a practice setting, but we we all know how important rebounding is so you gotta you gotta take the time to, to focus. Um, and emphasize it. Was that you who emphasized it, or did you have like kind of one of your assistants kind of constantly evaluate that during practice to constantly have that eye set on rebounding, or was it just an overall culture thing? Or um, do you understand what I'm saying? Because like you know, yeah, yeah, it it was a combination of things. Uh, okay. You know, we tried to um, each day in practice to assign certain things for coaches to look at. We're fortunate to have uh, most days we have five coaches at practice. Um, some days we only have three or four. We've got a couple. Um, we've got two full-time assistants, um, so we have three full-time coaches that are always there. Um, and then we have two kind of part-time volunteer coaches that get here as often as they can. Um, so when we have a full staff there, you know, this guy's in charge of rebounding that day. This guy's in charge of um, post-play that day. This guy's in charge of ball pressure on defense this day. Um, and so we try and give each coach specific things to look at. Um, but then there are days like, you know, after a game, if, if I feel like we didn't rebound the basketball very well, then I, I'll just try and walk into that practice and truly focus on rebounding. And that's the only thing I'm worried about. And, and no doubt your, your attention, you know, gets drawn somewhere else. But as a coach, you got to try and pull your attention back to the thing that you really need to focus on. So there were several days where it was just rebounding. We've got to do better on the glass on both ends. And that's where our focus needs to be. So. Um, you know, we, we came at it from a variety of ways. Okay. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people want to understand how, how does, uh, you kind of touched on a little bit, but advice or how does one get into the college ranks like yourself? Uh, obviously you touched on camps and connections, but if you could just touch on a little bit more of like how, how someone would go about, you know, starting to uh, have a, uh, uh, let's say the goal, their ultimate goal is to end up being in your shoes what are your some suggestions yeah. that you would give to coaches to do that well i, I definitely think one avenue is um you know if, if you're in college um, or even if you're just out of college and, and you're a young high school coach um go and work camps you know okay. contact college coaches and, and go and try and make connections at camps um one of the ones that that's really good in terms of just making connections in the, the midwest is the snow valley camp okay um, the Wartburg College hosts in, in Waverly, Iowa. Um, that one's run by Coach Showalter, who works with USA Basketball. And, and that camp is – it is difficult to get on there. You know, a lot of people want to work it. But if you apply and, and do it a couple times, like maybe you can crack through and get to work that camp. And so there's a, a lot of great connections there. Um, but obviously college camps, the thing that you get to do at a, at a college camp is truly just interact with 
the staff for a week or, or two weeks, depending on how long you're working their camps. Um, so that's really good. Um, I think just, just trying to network as best you can and in terms of you know, going to, to coaching clinics, um, you know, whether it's the state clinic and trying to interact with, with other coaches, um, reaching out to college coaches and trying to go and watch practices. Um, some of those things are really good. Um, I would also say, like, you, you also have to kind of do your research in terms of who you may have a connection to without realizing it. Like, you know, did you play for a successful high school coach or a guy that has some connections and he may know someone? Um, can, can that person help you get connected? Um, so you do have to try and search through that. It's um, the, the college coaching world is, is definitely something that you got to try and get your foot uh, in the door. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to just up straight apply for college coaching positions and have them pick your resume out if they don't know you. You know, that just doesn't happen as often as, as we'd like it to. Um, no doubt there's a lot of talented coaches that apply for every job, but, you know, that one of the tough things as a college coach is you have to sift through a bunch of resumes and find out who you think is going to fit your program the best. Mm-hmm. And usually what, what it comes down to is, has a guy been recommended by someone you trust? Um, do you know that guy? Do you have some sort of connection to him? Um, so you have to try and do your, your homework and, and make connections and, and find out if you have any connections. Um, and if you don't, then you got to work incredibly hard at making them because um, it, it does come down to kind of who you know a little bit. Um, but you can, you know, there, there are a lot of great examples, I think, of right now of, of people who didn't play college basketball um, who, or who aren't coaching collegiately. You know, they're high school coaches and they're climbing their way up. Um, obviously, the most um, notable one right now is, is Nate Oates, uh, who's a Wisconsin guy and, and coached high school. Um, he coached college a little bit here in Wisconsin at Maranatha Baptist in Whitewater. But then he coached high school for, for a lot of years in the Detroit area um, before finally cracking through at Buffalo. Um, and, and now he's the, the head coach at, at Alabama. Um, and, you know, that wasn't that many years ago. He was coaching high school. Um, I, our new, our new uh, assistant here, full-time assistant, who I hired a year ago, um, he's one of my college teammates. That's how I know him. But he was coaching high school for nine years. He was a head high school coach the last nine years. Um, and he'd never coached collegiately, but I knew him and I trusted him and I knew he was a good coach. And so that's kind of the direction we went uh, when I was able to hire another guy last spring. So um, I know I threw a lot out there. That was a long answer. No, it's, that's a great answer because I would even say from, from, from being a head varsity basketball coach, getting my first big job, you know, it was connections of knowing people in that community. That was huge, you know, connections with my high school, my previous experience, high school coach, um, my other athletic director that I coached before that, you know, all those connections and knowing people ultimately helped me get that job. And then the D3 job assistant, you know, that was because other other the coaches looking to recruit some of my players and liked my philosophy. And then now with my varsity assistant job, having little kids right now is a perfect fit for me. You know, that was because my high school teammate ended up getting the head job there so it, it really comes down to building your experience but also building connections at any level so I just don't want people and listeners to think about okay well this this guy's a d3 coach and this is only um only can I apply it to college I think totally high school ranks too is that it's a it's a community it's a it's a tight-knit community more than people think how most people that are around the game of basketball just they know each other and they are interconnected and it's all about really building connections. 
And I would say the um, one thing I would add is, is while you're doing that, um, you know, maybe one of the, the most important things is, and, you know, not overlooked is you have to be successful. Yep. Um, you know, so a lot of people are a lot of young coaches and you know, I, I had to fight the, the kind of human nature is you're always trying to look forward and look for how do I get to that next job? How do I make a connection that gets me in the next thing? Um, when maybe the best thing you can do is just win at the spot you're at. Yes. Um, and, you know, so that, that was my, you know, our thing here at Oshkosh was, you know, rather than going and applying for a lot of jobs, I just, I wanted to win at Oshkosh. Um, and never, never did I foresee, you know, the head coach leaving and, and myself getting this position. But um, if we hadn't been winning at a high level, he doesn't get that opportunity and I don't get this opportunity that I'm in right now. So, you know, you, you got to focus in on where your feet are and really try and win and be successful. Um, and that will lead to some opportunities as you build those connections. Right. So often people want to go from point A to point B so quickly instead of maybe going up the ropes a little bit and having a little success. I think that's really important. I think it's a, I think that's yeah. a great, a great thing. Uh, too often people are like, oh, I've been coaching eighth grade basketball for 10 years now to be a varsity coach, you know, and they take a really, really crummy job and they never, they never get any success instead of, Hey, maybe I should be a freshman coach at this really good program for a while, have some success and move up. I think that's a great point. So, um, in your first year as a head coach at UWO, um, you were tagged the the word interim. How do you handle, how did you handle that situation? And what were the keys to your success this year? Uh, you know, internally I, I was obviously aware of it and it, it did motivate me. Um, you know, I didn't want to be called the interim. Right. Um, but, but we, we did not really acknowledge it. Um, we didn't talk about it. You know, we just approached it like, like I was the coach. Um, and, and so it wasn't something that, that our coaching staff worried about or you know, our players, they, they weren't worried about it. You know, we were all just trying to enjoy every day and, and try and get better. Um, and I think that was maybe the best thing we did this year um, is our guys just had a, a focus to them every single day. Um, you know, we had last year in, in 2017-18, we, we'd come up, you know, two and a half minutes short from winning the national championship. We were tied and, and we just didn't get a rebound here or there. And, and they made a couple of plays and all of a sudden we're standing there and Nebraska Wesleyan's cutting down the nets. And then the coach leaves and, you know, people are wondering, you know, new coach, a lot of returners, um, are they going to be any good? Shouldn't they be good? You know, they return everybody. And, and so people just wanted to, to kind of wait and see what was going to happen. Um, and our guys, rather than just waiting and, and seeing what was going to happen come October, November, December, those guys really reinvested in themselves uh, all off season in the summer, in the fall. Um, and then every single day of practice, you know, they had a focus to themselves and there was no no question that those guys wanted more than what they had achieved the year prior. Um, so they did a tremendous job at that. That's awesome. So what's next for you, Coach, then? This is kind of my final question. Sure. Well, I, I'm still in the process uh, here at Oshkosh. I, I'm you know in the middle of the search process uh, to become the full-time guy. Um, I'm uh, hopeful <laughs> uh, that, that it goes that it goes my direction um, here in the next few weeks, but my my goal is to be at Oshkosh. Um, that's that's what it's been since I realized it was a reality. Um, you know, this time last year, um, I wanted to be the full time coach at UW Oshkosh. It's an incredible place. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of success. It's um, I am not a Wisconsin guy. I, I grew up in Illinois and went to college in Iowa, um, but I've lived here the last seven years. And in the last seven years, 
uh, the Fox Valley has become home for us. You know, I, um, so it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a great area to live. It's a, and it's a great recruiting oh, area for you, too. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, my, my whole family lives here now. My, my fiance and I own a house. My mom and dad and, and brother, sister-in-law, and nieces, and my future mother-in-law and, and brother-in-law. Um, and I've got, you know, my brother-in-law's got a little nephew now. Um, you know, our whole family's in the Valley. So my goal is to be here for a long time because you know, the things you just mentioned, it's, it's an incredible university. Oshkosh is, is a great city. Uh, the area is awesome. And you can recruit high talented, uh, high character young men uh, to our program from this area, from the state of Wisconsin. Um, and the last thing is, is there's a lot of fun being in the WEAC and being in division three in this state. Cause I, I do think there are a lot of people that still respect Division Three across the state of Wisconsin. Oh, absolutely. Um, across the Midwest, too. And so it's a lot of fun to be a Division Three coach uh, in this region, in this part of the state, um, and in the Midwest. Absolutely. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. I think people are going to get a lot of great uh, information from you and so forth. I wish, I wish you the best of luck in the future, and congratulations on your, your amazing season. And uh, we thank you very much here on Coach Unplugged. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to come on, talk hoops, talk a little bit to be Oshkosh basketball. It's a lot of fun. And if there's any ever, you know, any questions, uh, if, if ever I can be of help to any of the listeners, um, just look up my info on our website and, and reach out to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, we'll I do, Coach Lewis, we'll, we'll, single thing, so. we'll put some. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you after the interview. We'll talk about getting some show notes and that information if awesome. people want to contact you. That'd be great. Thanks a lot, hey everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I would ask that you stop running, you go, you call home, you go, honey, I need to join ttubes.com. I need to become a better basketball coach. This coach Collins knows what he's talking about. He's experienced it all. He can help me take my game to my coaching game to the next level. I hope I can. I think I can go over and check it out. Subscribe and like, make sure you go over also and check our YouTube channel out. Um, ttubes on YouTube, hundreds of videos, thousands of videos. I think we're over thousands of videos now. Um, go over and check that out. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you're going to do any shopping tonight, click on our Amazon link down below and then go shopping. You won't even notice it. It doesn't cost you anything and we get a small little affiliate. Helps us with our hosting fees. Talk to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.